Hi, and welcome back. This is Penny Sansbury and Amy Cornell, and this is the Book Marketing Tips and Author Success Podcast. This is really a fun podcast. This was actually Amy's idea. Of course, it's brilliant. Um, 10 ways to revive an older title. I think we have 10. We may have 11. Sometimes we can't count. It's a good thing we're not in the financial world. But um, <laughs> I love I love this topic, and I just want to mention just as a little plug that yeah, if you're listening to this in September, uh, from Book to Bestsellers, going up for pre-order in September. I don't know the exact date as of the recording of this podcast, but it will be in September. If you're on our newsletter list, you probably already know about all the goodies and all the promos that we're doing. If you are not on our newsletter list, then um, we are going to be posting some stuff in the show notes. So be sure to check that out. As ever, we appreciate uh, reviews wherever you listen to your podcast. I just want to mention that. And here's a quick tip for your, when you're posting your review, list one takeaway that you got from the show. It's also, not only is it fun for people to read that, but it's a great way for you to remember um, what you're going to do when you write it down. It's a little, it's a little, little tip for you. So Amy and I were discussing that, you know, we cover a lot of topics that are maybe easier for new authors or authors with upcoming releases. And, uh, I, and I think that it's fair that we dedicate today's show to give some love to our listeners who have backlists that are well beyond the, new, you know, the release window or maybe not necessarily a backlist, maybe just one book that's a little bit that's older <laughs> that you think, oh, I would really like to do some, uh, you know, do some cool stuff with this. So that's that that is our this show is dedicated to to you all. I love that. And it truly, though, because it can be a lot easier, I think, to create a marketing plan or to come up with new ideas for a new book compared to an older one, just because usually by the time the book has gotten a little bit older, there's probably some additional frustration and baggage associated with it as well. I don't want to right. <laughs> I don't want to make any assumptions, but truly, though, it is a lot easier to get a little more um, oh, frustrated, you know, when you're dealing with an older book and coming up with ideas versus something that's new and shiny, you know, those kind of, I think, tend to come a little bit easier. So it's nice to cover both sides. Well, but I also think that it's, I also think that it's fair to say that we, I mean, I don't know, maybe I'm just uh, weird when that is also true, but we, I made made my mistakes on many of my first books. Like my very first book, Get Published, it wasn't my very first book because I was writing fiction for a while. But I, there was a book called Get Published Today, which I believe, God willing, is no longer for sale on Amazon. I sound like such a good book promoter. And I'm like, oh God, I hope it's not for sale on Amazon. But the cover was really awful. Like the cover was just terrible. And, and you know, we we learn so much as we continue to grow as authors, right? So our first book, we're, you know, we do our best and we do all the things and, you know, some of it is not right. And a lot of it falls in, um, a lot of it lands on the cover because we think, oh my gosh, <clears throat> the cover could have been stronger. So that's your, that's point number one is do a cover update. And you might want to, you know, consider, you don't necessarily have to pull the entire book down off of Amazon. In fact, you could just update the cover. Uh, and I've had a lot of authors do that. They just update the cover and, you know, re, you know, load the book back up on Amazon. But as we get deeper into this, this show, you talk about maybe the advantages of, of 
just you know, publishing the title anew. I talked to an author yesterday and she had a cookbook that came out and she's actually coming out with a second edition of the cookbook, which just has some, you know, minor enhancements, but she learned a lot from the first time that she had the book out. And so she wanted to implement those changes. And one of those changes was, you know, was the book cover. So I think that finding a professional cover designer um, that has a really strong portfolio in your genre and get their help. Because if you're going to do a cover update, you want to do it right. Yes, absolutely. Uh, that's a big thing with the cover too. I think it, it, you know, we say it a lot, but it's because it's really true. It's too easy to get too close to your own work. So like you said, Penny, if you're going to put in the time and effort and really give it a shot to do a different cover, get some outside help with that. You know, Um, the next one, do a Goodreads giveaway. There's no expiration dates for who's eligible to run a Goodreads giveaway. That's the beauty of it. So get yourself set up for one to get your book out there in front of some new people. But the important part here is don't just throw up a giveaway and then ditch. You know, you really, after you get the results, obviously if you're doing print books, you have to send those out, but do the networking with the winners that you should be doing, you know, send them a note, add, ask to add them to your network, make it personal. We've done Goodreads uh, shows before, and those are some of our earlier ones. So if you haven't heard those or you haven't heard them in a while, go back. But really when you're on Goodreads, the key to making it work is doing things that are personal and sending personalized messages. So don't spam people with a bunch of like, Hey, read my book and review it. Love it. You know, all that kind of stuff. But you really can build a great network on Goodreads, especially in particular in genre fiction and things like that. It's really, really strong. Uh, a lot of book lovers on there. So that's a really great way to find new life for your older title as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And you can also, um, so and number three of our 10 ways to revive an older title, uh, you can do a limited time discount promotion. So if you have a let's say you have a backlist of three or five or 10 books, titles do get less shiny as they age. We talked about that initially. So, um, and and this is especially fun if you're going to not necessarily republish the book, but you're going to add a shiny new cover to an existing book. Uh, It's it's a fun, it's also a fun time to do a limited time discount. So an ebook discount, um, because readers always love a good deal. You can go, you know, as low as you can for two days, because the fewer days that you do the promo, the more urgency that you create. Um, And then submit the book to sites that are dedicated to promoting Kindle deals, which I love doing. The other side of this is too, is that if you are, and and I don't want to step on anything else that we're talking about today, but if you do have an older book, limited time discount promotions are great, but you may want to consider dropping the price a little bit on the book because much like a cover update, um, price drops on older titles help to revive them a bit because it, it triggers the Amazon algorithm that there's some newness to the book. So limited time discounts and or dropping the price of a book that's older uh, can really benefit you. Oh, I love that. And the book bub ad. See, we're doing a lot of what we're talking about for older titles are things that can build off of other things. So, you know, Goodreads giveaway, do the networking, do a limited time discount, make sure you submit that to sites that promote Kindle deals, you know, run BookBub ads. This is another area where a good cover can make a much bigger impact, like a really strong cover, I should say, since BookBub ads are so visual. Um, So if you do 
get a new cover, run some BookBub ads to support that. If you're doing a limited time discount, run some BookBub ads to support that. And But the great thing about BookBub is that you can really target them to specific readers in a smart way. And that's another thing that's really important, I think, for older books, Penny, is to make sure you just get really smart about who you're getting it in front of. You know, like older books, you can't go really broad with that targeting. Like we never really suggest just throwing it out there to everybody. But the older the book gets, I think the more strategic you have to be about who you're getting in front of. And you have to be really specific to to getting in front of people that really love the genre you wrote in or the kind of content you're writing. Yeah, absolutely. And I love BookBub ads because they are, they're, you know, BookBub ads. And I don't know if I got this from you because I know I steal your lines a lot, Amy. I'm sorry. But I was talking to an author the other day when we were talking about their proposal. And I was saying, you know, your BookBub ads are really the supporting cast, right, to everything else that you're doing. Um, and, and I love BookBub ads for that purpose is they really help to support, you know, limited time discounts or new covers, et cetera. Um, but point number five is creating a book bundle if you have a series. And this is a go-to for me when I talk to an author who has some older books and they're like, ah, oh, you know, I learned so much or the first ones in the series didn't do well. You could start bundling them. So, and it doesn't necessarily have to be four or five books in a bundle. It can be two books in a bundle, um, you know, and, and it doesn't necessarily have to be, I mean, it's always great for a series right? Don't get me wrong. But if you write romance in the same subgenre, but they're not necessarily the same characters, you could do a special romance bundle, for example. I'm thinking about at some point bundling some of my marketing books to create this book marketing bundle, right? So each of my marketing books, the Amazon book, the, you know, the book to bestseller, et cetera, they, are, they all address sort of different things, but you can put them together in a book marketing bundle. So you don't, so book bundles are not just exclusive to a series. Um, and they're, they're a great way to, you know, they're another great way to revive, to revive that older title and get more readers to dive into, to what you're writing about. I love that. Yeah, no. And I, I, I wish we in watch now, maybe we're, for telling the future, but I have a feeling that we're going to see more of this bundling of, uh, especially topics, like you said, Penny, like with your books, I think we're going to see more and more of that now. Uh, yeah. I love the, I, I personally love the idea of doing topic bundles, Amy, because I think that, you know, for anything that you're doing, you know, like, so I use the example of my books just because it was top of mind and it's all about me. No, I'm kidding. But, you know, if you're looking to, if you're serious about learning about book marketing, um, why would you not want the, you know, the, this attractive three or four book bundle that covers all the different aspects of book marketing and you can get it in, you know, get it in one shot as opposed to having four different book marketing books sitting on your Kindle you know, your Kindle reader, or whatever reader that you're using. Yeah, that's so true. And if people think about like, well, I don't want to overwhelm them. Like, are people really going to buy it? If you think about, especially nonfiction, uh, people that like to read um, self-improvement books or motivational books, rarely do those people have just one. Oh, yeah. Know? So it really is. It very much fits that, that nonfiction, very like, you know, niche topic like concept of most of these people that are into that stuff or that are learning a new thing, they're not just going to read one book on it. So it really does make sense to give them everything, give them a really good head start, but give them all of yours, you know, don't make them shop around for a bunch of different books. Uh, the next one, 
Number six, take advantage of current events. This is a good lead off since we've been talking about nonfiction. If you write nonfiction or for a specific industry and you have something to say, pretty much anything intelligent about something going on in the news cycle or within your industry specifically, use that to drum up interest in your book. You know, pitch yourself to blogs for guest pieces, for interviews, things like that. Get your name out there and make yourself a part of the current conversation because realistically, any attention that you get is also an opportunity to shine a light on your book, even if it's a little bit older. Yeah, absolutely. I love doing the current events. And, and I know uh, the top the bullet number seven is running Amazon ads. And you had mentioned to me when we were in the green room, you know, that running Amazon ads for older titles can be a real win. And it absolutely can. I run the Amazon ads for all of our authors here. I love, I have both a love and hate, love and hate relationship with Amazon ads just because, you know, Amazon changes their algorithm all the time, but the ads are just a a tremendous um, benefit to older titles. One thing I will say just to be cautious of is that, so Amazon, there are certain things that Amazon ads can't fix, right? So Amazon ads can't fix a bad book cover um, it can't fix low reviews. So if you have, you know, two, if your average is two star or three star or something, I would probably not do Amazon ads because the thing about Amazon ads, and if you've never run them, you may not know this, but Amazon just pulls your book. So you can't, even if you're writing your creative, you can write the ad copy, but Amazon's still going to pull your average review ranking and your cover. So I love doing Amazon ads for older titles. I love doing them, especially Amy talked about you know, current events, seasonal things, topics in the news, et cetera. When they're like, when Prince died, I know this is already, was it five years ago? I heard that the other day and I was just like, oh my gosh, where did the five years go? Mm-hmm. But um, every year around the anniversary of his death, I start to see more Amazon ads for Prince books, right? So you can do, you could run ads for older titles seasonally. So you can run um, you know, like for the holiday and, and in fact, Christmas in July, and I realize we're, we've blown past July already, but for Amazon, I'm sorry, Hallmark starts to run all their Christmas in July movies in July and they run them pretty much through the rest of the year. So you could start to, you know, trot out your Christmas novellas if you've got them or even thinking about holiday, whatever. But I love doing Amazon ads. Like I said, just be careful. And I don't really have any guidance in terms of should you do keyword ads or should you do, you know, um, category ads, et cetera. But what I have seen is for an older title, you're better off doing keyword ads rather than category ads just because you're probably already, you know, you're, unless the the older book is selling really, 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 really well, you're probably already down in the category a little bit. So it's going to, it's going to be harder to get visibility using the, it's actually called product placement, using the product placement versus the keywords. So if you're doing, if you're going to run Amazon ads for an older title, always do keywords. You can also try to do automatic ads. Those can be super easy to do, but they can suck up a lot of money. So you've got to watch the automatic ads very carefully. And remember, don't, and we talk about this in a lot of podcasts, don't emphasize or don't promote something you're not proud of. So if the first book needs a new cover, get it a new cover. If the first book only has a low star rating on reviews, you're basically going to waste your money on your ads because people are going to see that in the ad, in the ad copy. So just, you know, love Amazon ads, just do them, run them carefully. 
I think that's really smart. Yeah. Don't promote what you're not proud of. And that makes so much sense. And that like, if you, if you know, your book could be better in some way, do that first and use the ads to then start bolstering it again. I think there, there is, that's a very good point, Penny, something to be said that hasn't come up yet, that there is an order in which some of these things should be done. So don't necessarily go one through 10. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I love love how we've just shot our own podcast. I'm like, yeah, so we did one through 10, but don't, don't, don't do these. These aren't in any particular order. We're just getting 10 ideas. But so along (gasps) with the Amazon ads is updating your Amazon page, you know, descriptions matter and changing these up can really make a difference in whether or not you keep people's interest when they land on your page. A super strong opening line for your description can quite literally, I think, make or break your ability to sell the next copy. I, I feel very strongly about that. Uh, but with that, understand it's easy to get too close to your own work. So this is a good reason to do some consulting you know, with a marketing person, whether it's us, whether it's somebody else, whether you know, you know somebody that does this kind of work and you know will give you honest feedback. But really, when it comes to your your description, don't do it in a vacuum. Like, do get some outside uh, uh, responses, opinions, get some recommendations, things like that. But it really does. It does make a huge difference. And a lot of times when we work with clients and we help them with their descriptions, uh, some of our clients actually have some... It's, it's interesting. They'll have a very different way that they thought they wanted to approach their book description, Penny. And we essentially, we tell them, it's like, listen, we're just giving you another perspective, a different approach. And definitely with these subtitles, because usually when we're helping them with subtitle recommendations, uh, we try to give them a range of different ways that they could go about describing their book and that kind of one, that quick, you know, clip. So there really is a sense of kind of testing some things out sometimes and just seeing what starts to work and what resonates with people. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that, that, um, you know, the, your updating your Amazon page is something that a lot of authors overlook. So I'm glad, I'm glad that it made the top 10 list because it is really, really important. Change up your categories and keywords. It's amazing how much exposure you can get on Amazon by using the right categories and keywords. You know, Amazon wants to sell things. So their goal is to give shoppers what they're most interested in. And by paying attention to these details and ensuring you're helping Amazon sell things, it'll help move the needle. And the other note on this too, is that categories and keywords change. So we typically recommend once a quarter, go in and update your categories and keywords, right? And this is for any book, whether it's you know, whether you just released it or whatever, because keywords and categories absolutely change. So you want to continue to tinker with those because it will help your Amazon algorithm for all of your titles. So it's something that you should definitely want to do on a regular basis. Yes, absolutely. It's amazing how many, how often I actually see that Amazon has snuck in a new category when you think like, oh my gosh, like how did they manage to, and then there's other times where I'm like, why do they not have more subcategories for this? (laughs) Yeah, I know it. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I wish I could ask somebody and they could give me a straight answer on that. But that's uh, beside the point. But still, yeah, and the same thing with the keywords, definitely seasonal. That makes a huge difference. I'm glad you brought that up, Penny, because keywords, I think a lot of people forget that keywords are reflections of buyer behavior and buyer interests. And those are not static. You know, those are those are going to change throughout the year from year to year. Uh, so think of it that way is that it, it's buyer behavior. It's how buyers are interacting. It's not just like 
finding words that describe what your book is about. I think that's the biggest mistake people make, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And then the last point, number 10, don't stop pitching for reviews. A lot of authors we work with are far too humble to tap into their own networks and ask for support. So use your email list, even if it's not big, like use your social media, remind people how much of an impact they can make by taking the time to post a review. Because I think a lot of people, they, they know that, you know, products and businesses appreciate reviews, but I think people really do forget what a big impact they can make in regards to your sales potential as well. And, you know, the reality is most people just, they get busy and they forget, but they have good intentions. They, they absolutely want to review their book. They just ran out of time or again, life happens. So stop telling yourself that you're being pushy or annoying, you know, and just ask for the damn reviews, remind people because people like what other people like. And a book with 20 reviews, for example, is going to be a lot more appealing to a potential new buyer than a book with only two or three reviews. That's just the reality of it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. No, that I think that's, I think that's really smart. I mean, I think, um, and I'm glad we saved maybe the best tip for for last because you really, a lot of authors retire from the review um, piece of this far too soon. Um, Meaning that they figure, well, the book is too old and it's not interesting. And remember that unless your book is really dated, like unless it has some, like unless it's something that is, you know, no longer really relevant, you can always be getting reviews for your book. So you definitely always want to keep putting it out there. And I know reviews are always challenging for, um, for authors to get, but uh, and some authors really struggle with reviews, but the last show, the show that we did actually two weeks ago, we talked about building your newsletter list and selling more books actually off your website. We talked about some strategies for newsletter list building, which is one of the number one places that you're going to be able to get um, to get book reviews. So thank you so much again for tuning in, for listening. We, we love this show. We can't believe we've been doing it for a year and a half. It's just time flies when you're having fun, but um <laughs> And uh, thank you so much for listening. Again, we welcome, we're speaking of reviews. Hey, what a nice segue. Um, we love reviews. So wherever you listen to podcasts, please um, leave a review and we welcome your show feedback. Our contact details are in the show notes and also look for the special book to bestseller promo for the pre-order. I'm so excited. Thank you so much for tuning in. This is Penny Sansbury and Amy Cornell. And this is the Book Marketing Tips and Author Success Podcast. Bye-bye.